Welcome, Weeboos, to the Weeboo Podcast, episode 3. Today we're going to introduce a new segment called the Coffee Roasters Anime Toasters segment, where we basically take an anime that we think is controversial and we basically burn it or roast it as much as we can. Sometimes we'll pick an anime that's controversial and give it high regards and we'll score that as a good average cup of joe or if it's a terrible anime and we're just roasting it to crisps and pieces we're gonna just call it bad toast and that's what we're gonna do today with the promised neverland so just as a heads up there will be spoilers about the show so if you are planning on watching the promised neverland in the future you know maybe take a pause and skip over to the last section of the show where we don't talk about the show anymore or just don't listen to this episode of the podcast but if you're interested in hearing our hot takes on promised neverland and to see whether we give it a good cup of joe rating or a burnt toast rating make sure to keep listening to this podcast but before we get into the coffee roasts anime toaster section i heard pat that you have a name update for us this week um so i do have a name update but it will not be released in this episode (laughs) what happened um, due to complications with whether or not I'm trying to vet this name out and get some opinions on it before making it official, so. But you promised us that you would I, get I know, us a name I did promise. I, I, I take full responsibility for my errors and my late update. <laughs> but this it's not going to happen this week. I, I failed, you guys. I have failed everyone. You failed our five fans that actually listen to this podcast. <laughs> That were looking forward to this name update. No, they weren't. <laughs> no, they weren't. They were looking forward to your new Pokemon-like name, and now we have nothing to call you by except Pat. It's How right. boring! I think I think for this week we can be boring because the rest of the the rest of the segment is pretty interesting. All right, I hope so because we want to talk about a anime that we agreed to watch during the week, and we are going to either roast or give positive, I guess, comments about it. And the anime that we agreed upon to watch together was Promise Neverland Season 2. I believe we both watched Season 1 when it first came out, right? Yeah, both uh, when it released in, what was that, 2019 or so? I don't even remember when it was released, but I think I watched it on a weekly basis when it first came out during the, the season. But I didn't watch the second season because of some of the comments that it was getting. Um, and I don't know why you didn't watch the second season until we agreed upon it this past week but we both didn't watch it essentially and we agreed to just watch it in a week because it was getting a lot of hot takes on it or negative feedback so this is basically what we're going to talk about for the rest of the podcast do you want to give everyone an overview of what the second season is about or even the entire story i guess for those that don't even know what it's about yeah maybe i think we should give some background as to the story as a whole so the story is about another type of world where i guess children these children are growing up on a farm and at some point they realize that they are being essentially raised like cattle in a demon world and the whole story takes place about these kids realizing this and then plotting an escape and then the second season is really after they escape how do they fare in this world and what are they trying to do and accomplish? And essentially, they find out that there is a human world and their main goal is essentially to get to this human world and escape the demon world. But in that process, they find their enemies are not only demons, but other humans or, in the sh- as the show calls them, essentially the gatekeepers who 
organized this whole scheme when the first season of the show came out it got a lot of attention because of how the twist that the plot took initially the story is really innocent looking it almost seems like a slice of life anime when you watch episode one but suddenly in episode three or four they introduce this whole demon aspect to it how they're living in a different different world where they're being raised as cattle and basically caught the attention of a lot of people because of how twisted and how dark the anime really was yeah and, and as chris is saying it's just a very dark anime where these children find out that their sole purpose is is to be food for demons yeah it's really interesting it's an interesting concept that we haven't seen before and that definitely got you know the anime community talking about it it got really good reviews the scores on mal are great but even the outside of mal everyone was giving it positive remarks i think the show was released on a lot of different streaming platforms a lot of people watched it beyond anime fans and it was getting a lot of positive feedback so when second the second season came out i think a lot of people were looking forward to it really excited for it obviously the manga fans were really excited to see how the anime will be portrayed or the manga will be portrayed as an anime. And I think it didn't go according to plan. Right now, the score on Mal is a 5.7. This probably is the lowest score I've seen. <laughs> okay, okay. I guess before we get into Mal scores, what is your score? I mean, actually, I want to hear first season and second season. Like, separate them and then kind of tell me just very brief overview of what you think and how it played out. For season one, I wasn't on the hype train as other people. I enjoyed the show a lot. I enjoyed the dark twist that the plot took. And I enjoyed, I guess, just like the overall plot and storytelling of it. And the animation was done very well. The music was great. There wasn't a whole lot that I could give negative feedback on. But I gave the first season an 8 out of 10, which might not be as high as other people's scores. And I wasn't necessarily like... I didn't think it was fantastic to the point that it was mind mind blowing or anything like that. I didn't think it was a game changer anime, but at the same time, the plot was really interesting and kept me hooked to watch it on a weekly basis. But the second season, I gave basically the complete opposite score of an eight out of ten. I gave it a two out of ten. The two out of ten. That <laughs> so burnt toast. That's like burnt burnt toast. And for everyone, our our grading scale here. If it's below a five, I think it's burnt toast toast. And then if it's above, we you say that's some some like a good cup of coffee, you know, better than your average Joe. Yeah, and two out of ten on my mal is actually my second lowest score. I think the only anime that I have lower is the day I became a god, and it's tied with Gun Gale Online from Sword Art at two out of ten. Oh, you think it's Gun Gale Online bad? It's pretty bad. And we'll we'll get into the reasons why we both think it's good or bad later on. But what did you give it? Uh, so the first season, I think it's a pretty solid about 8.2. I didn't read the manga. So first of all, my expectations weren't as high as this a case where I might have understood the story beforehand. But I thought it was a pretty good anime. I liked the plot. I liked the character development. And I liked the story overall. The second season, you know, I actually thought it wasn't too bad until the end. And somehow we walked off a cliff. But I think overall, I'd give it a, a justifiable five. 
what were your expectations kind of coming into the second season after you gave the first season 8.2 and we both didn't read the manga just as a heads up to everyone so did you have a clear expectation as to what you wanted to see from season two or did you just come into it just wanting to enjoy the story for what it is i wanted to understand more about about the world and the problem i had is that it was a great start but they never went into essentially the dynamics of this demon world and really kind of giving the background as to something outside of just the farm that they grew up on and for everyone who knows that it's classified as a farm because they were essentially raised there so they grow up in a place called Gracefield, but it's it's really just a, a name for a farm for these children. Um, but yeah, I expected them to escape, you know, find either supporters or, you know, learn to adapt and really progress through through the through the world and maybe take on the demons, I guess, who are running who are running the farms. But it just took off too slowly, and by the time everything started to come together, the next thing I knew, it was it was ending. Yeah, it was actually interesting how the story got played out. And when I watched the first four or five episodes, I was I thought to myself, it's not bad. It's definitely not a 5.7 bad. It might not be the best show in terms of the first five episodes. There were some problems. Namely, like the season starts with them running away from a demon that's on what four or six legs or something. And five-year-olds are outrunning this demon without any other super ability they're just like they call it they're playing tag from the demon and somehow they outrun it without doing anything else and i was just like okay well this is impressive so how did they do that and at that point i was i was a bit skeptical but after the first five episodes i thought to myself that the show wasn't that bad actually and i was actually enjoying it which kind of caught me by surprise because the score is a 5.7 and i was looking for every single thing that was wrong with the show and in the first five episodes or so i was like wait there's actually not that much wrong with the show yeah i mean so going into it you've heard all these bad reviews you started watching the second season and and i kind of had the same thought maybe like let's let's figure out what what everyone's complaining about but as i watched it i was like you know this isn't bad i'm actually enjoying enjoying it so far it was entertaining to start yeah that's what i thought too and i don't know how the manga plays out so i i did end up going back to looking at some reviews or some other content creators videos to see what the complaint really was. And according to them, they skipped a pretty big arc in the show, which is called Goldie Pond. And apparently that's where a lot of the character development and development of the world really happens. And a lot more information is revealed, but we don't get that in the anime. And as, as an anime viewer, that is definitely something we missed out on. But for those that read the manga, I'm sure they would have loved to see that arc play out in animation but they didn't get that so there's two sides i guess of disappointment that comes with it where do you think was a point where the show kind of started going in this in the wrong direction and kind of fell off a cliff i would say as norman and that's a huge spoiler but norman is not dead <laughs> but when he returns i think yeah. that that that's when everything went downhill yeah, it's really interesting because I think he comes back in episode five, right? I think. And then they suddenly put a 5.5 episode where it's just a recap of 17 episodes. And it seems really unnecessary. Yeah, super unnecessary. Um, and it's like it's like they were telling Norman what happened. 
essentially. I don't even know what happened or why that episode is there. I don't know if it was a holiday or something, but. Well, I think, and you can tell me if this sounds really wrong, but I think something happened at the studio during that one or two week period. Maybe they were told, hey, we're not going to get a season three for Promise Neverland. You got to wrap this show up right now in this season two. And they had to basically plug in an episode to buy themselves time to build out the next six or seven episodes or so. Basically, they, they took footage from the last 17 episodes and they wrapped it up into a recap episode in order to buy themselves time in order to just start developing a new story to wrap up the story by season two. That's my guess. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, some of the reviews I was saying is it actually started to deviate from the manga in that latter half. So they kind of went solo on it. And it's surprising that they wrapped it up the way they did. I mean, I think you are onto something. It makes a lot of sense if they ran out of money or or got shut down due to some other reason. Right, and that's not Cloverworks' fault, who's the studio behind Promised Neverland. I'm pretty sure there's other people above them or you know, producers that are in charge or the CEOs of these companies that basically made this call to end the show. But it basically felt like they were given two or three weeks, hey, you better figure out a way to wrap up the show in the next six episodes. And you can fast forward through X, Y, and Z in order to do that. But you better <laughs> okay. just make it happen. That's just what it felt like. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even 12 episodes, right? I think it was 11. Well, it's. I think it's technically 12 with the 5.5 filler. Okay, yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's not an episode, <laughs> according to me. Just by that alone, it feels like... They were given 12 episodes to air on TV in the initial plan. They had to find a one week gap where they didn't have to work on anything except tell the voice actors, hey, these are three to four lines that you, you need to read that are brand new. And we'll put it into this recap episode. So we'll basically fill a week of content in order to buy us some more time in order to figure out the next six or seven episodes. That's what it just felt like. And... After that 5.5 episode, that's where it really takes a turn for the worst. Yeah, it's almost like another anime. And, you know, one thing that's funny is do you think they realized how downhill it started to go? Because I feel like the effort got worse and worse with each progressing episode after that 5.5. Until we got to the last one where it was like, what did I just watch? Yeah, the last episode is, is just a complete cherry in Like, as, a, as an episode, that might be the worst episode I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, same. It's, it's a disaster as uh, of an episode. And something I noticed when I was watching the show was that as the story progressed, people's names were literally being pulled off of the ending credits, or the ending credits were rolling way faster than it originally was. And it just felt like everyone was like, all right, get me the hell out of this show because everything is just going so wrong. And I think they even said that the manga artist or the writer didn't even take credit for it at the in the last couple of episodes in the credits. So I mean, just imagine he didn't going to an interview. Home. Yeah, imagine applying for a new interview and being like, what was the last thing you worked on? Uh, the Promised Neverland Season 2. <laughs> I'm sure anyone in their right mind would be like, Okay, then. <laughs> to be fair, though, there are some people that did a good job. And I think the voice actors did well in the roles that they were given. Well, one, one of the things that, that just comes 
kind of glaring out to me was I couldn't get Kilua's voice out of my head when I was watching this the entire time because I recently Ray? watched Hunter Hunter. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness, this guy's just just Kilua and I can't get it out of my head. But at the same time, none of the voice actors did poorly and I thought they did well. So hopefully it doesn't affect them going forward because they're going to have to reference the show in their portfolio probably. At the same time, they did a good job. So hopefully they won't get dinged for it. But the manga artist Cloverworks, I'm sure, is getting a pretty bad rep for this, even though, like I said, it might be beyond what they were even capable of doing. They're still going to get some bad reviews just from just from the show. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm sure those reviews are not going to be pretty. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, I think <laughs> as someone who enjoys anime and looks forward to second seasons when they do get produced because... A lot of anime don't get that second season. They don't get that chance. And just like no game, have... no life. Gee, let's just they have, they have a movie at least. It's yeah, it's it's sad to see the second season just play out the way it did. And you know, I think I did talk about the irregular at Magic High School at some point. Yeah. And they released the season two for that, and I thought that was a disaster. But this one, this one took the cake. It's going to be hard to have a worse season two in the future, the near term future. What was the most irritating thing for you from this season? Uh, You know, I think it wasn't till the end that I got really, I would say, tilted. But when they broke back into the farm to basically rescue everyone, the way Isabella or the mom kind of played out that role, I feel like they had done a pretty good job in the first season kind of developing her as a character that would you kind of knew had good intentions at heart and was maybe going to be an important factor to the story. But the way they brought her back and the way they used her character, I think was just a disaster. I, I think there was almost no explanation beside what they gave in season one. And the discussion that they had at the end where she brings in, I guess, all these other moms or something, it just, it just made no sense to me. Like, there was literally nothing that made sense in that entire that entire scene to be fair i don't think any of the characters made any sense in the second half of the show so and yeah and then they brought in you know sonju wants to go eat humans but then he goes and helps them escape to the other world i was like hold on a second it's almost like they forgot that they had developed this guy as like a demon who is helping them with the intent to one day kill them and eat them. And then he goes and helps them save all the humans and free them from the demon world. I was just like, what? Yeah, like they don't even touch on how or where that change of heart even happened. They, like I said, this happens. They developed that character before the end of season or episode five. Yeah. And then at post episode five, he's suddenly a good person, has no desire to eat the humans at all, helps them escape, and then there's no explanation as to why he even did that. Or there was no explanation as to why he even said he wanted to eat the humans. There's just literally zero explanation for any of the characters and their motives. Yeah, yeah. And there's no background to Mujika either, who I think is another huge character that somehow just becomes this character who pops up has superhuman or super blood and that's it yeah even like the blood thing the bl blind grandfather how, how did he get that what and he just yeah. coincidentally happens to be there and it can save the entire village from this pandemic thing that norman causes I, I have no idea how that even happened 
or why he was even there. And coincidentally, his daughter's name is Emma, and then that causes Norman to stop in his place. But there's literally no explanation for any of this. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he named his daughter Emma after meeting the other Emma, or if, like, it's just random coincidence. And how he never realizes that the people in this temple are humans. There's a lot of loopholes that don't make sense. Yeah, definitely. And going back to your point on the last, I guess, section of the show where they're going back to the Gracefield farm to save everyone. I can't believe that's literally done in one episode. It's basically taking the entire climax of the show and doing it in 15 minutes. And... Well, yeah, because it's 15 minutes because they did a five-minute slideshow at the end. That I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about later on. Oh, not, no, not the PowerPoint. <laughs> not the PowerPoint. Oh, my. I find it absurd that they were able to... They tried to fit that in in 15 minutes. And there's so much still that could be, I guess, explained in the show. Like I said before, I'm pretty sure they were told, hey, you have to wrap up the show in the next six episodes. And they were like, all right, we got we got to basically put this Gracefield Farm saving climax in in just one episode because we got to explain every every single other thing that we have now that norman's back we got to put like his own little arc and backstory too and i think they just ran out of time but at the same time it it's really disappointing to see an entire basically like if you're watching naruto and the ending climax was naruto versus sasuke's fight and they did it in 15 minutes as a fan you're just you're just sitting there as if you got robbed of your experience and for those people that love Promise Neverland and that gave it a 10 out of 10 or was looking forward to season two hype, they were basically waiting for basically this climax scene or, or Goldie Pond, which is a whole different arc. And they didn't get any of it. They just got 10 minutes of them going back. And the entire, I guess, like invasion of the Gracefield Farm is done so smoothly. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if it would have been better to just never finish, never finish it. Like, why do you think they they tried so hard to just wrap it up? Wrap it up. Even That's if you're not going to get it next season, why not just, you know, hey, we're in the middle of it. We never got renewed, but it is what it is. Maybe someone in the future, which happens a lot, right? Another studio might do the another season of it. It doesn't have to be Cloverworks. And I've seen that in the past, uh, maybe like five or six years down the line. But the way this played out, I mean, this is, it's over. Like, there is nothing you can do to save this. Yeah, it's kind of weird because we have seen it in shows where they just never, never finish the story. Like, No Game, No Life, it just stops at a certain point and nothing happens after that. The movie doesn't continue on the story and the story is just never wrapped up in anime form. There's other shows, I think, like Nisekoi, I think, never finished the, an- the manga story as well. They stopped after the season three of anime and they didn't really complete the story. That is a good point. I'm not sh- really sure why they try to wrap up the show because everyone should have known at the point that they were trying to make this pivot to finishing in season two that the show wasn't going to finish in one season. There was, it was impossible. There's so many loose ends to the show that they couldn't wrap up in six episodes. I mean, honestly, they they... I'll give them an A plus for effort because they tried really hard. And honestly, it's it's not that bad if you kind of look at it that way. If you're giving six episodes and you had finished this entire story, they didn't do that bad of a job. It's just that it's not good still. 
I looked up the uh, manga just to see where <laughs> where the story started off, and they I think it only was in about chapter fifty or sixty when they met Sonju and Mujiga, and there's a hundred eighty chapters of the manga which is completed. That means they pushed a hundred thirty chapters, and like you said, they removed the entire arc, but they pushed that into five episodes or four four episodes in a slideshow, whatever whatever you want to say. <laughs> I can understand why they removed the Goldie Pond arc. I, I looked back at, I didn't read the manga or anything like that, but I looked back at other content creators' videos on what Goldie Pond was about. And they, they talk about how the kids end up using guns throughout the show. And from my experience and my understanding of Japanese culture, they're pretty sensitive to that. Do you really want to show the world little kids holding guns and going on a rebellion? Doesn't that just kind of promote unlawful behavior maybe some level of terrorism yeah i guess kids holding guns demons eating kids we see some of these shonen mangas have have kids that have like superpowers they get bloody they they kill other people they use swords but once once the guns come into place for some reason japanese people are just super sensitive to that they don't they don't like putting that on tv no matter what yeah even for like dramas and like detective shows they never use guns and it's only been like a recent i guess development that they have started using and incorporating guns into the shows but before then before or before the last five years or so you would almost never see it in japanese tv shows i'm wondering if that's why they wanted to stay away from the whole goldie pond arc and if they did pull that out of the story then they had to basically pull out the rest of the story because they're using guns throughout the the manga. Yeah, that's actually an interesting point, and I I don't know. It would take I would it would change the way it played out if they were using guns rather than these wooden bow and arrows that I still find questionable as to whether or not you can kill a a demon with, with a bow and arrow. That scene where they're running away from the bunker and there's these adults holding guns and they're shooting the demons, but they end up dying. But then Ray, who has one bow and arrow, hits the demon in the eye and then somehow gets away. How does that make any sense? I, I don't know. Yeah, that was that entire scene. I was like, okay, you are somehow outrunning adults with guns and you have a bow and arrow and that's it. And it's like those scenes in the movies where it's like the main character is like running away. And, and this is not even anime, just where you just don't get shot. You just don't get hit in like a spray of bullets. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, in a in a desert where there's literally zero obstacles and you're just walking up a hill too. Like yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I oh man, the more we talk about this, the more I think of the disaster, the train wreck this second season was. I think the thing that irritated me the most was how they portrayed Emma throughout the entire show. I, I don't know. know if I if there's a single character i hate more than i hate emma now i actually was gonna ask you who your favorite and least favorite character was so i think that's a really interesting point that you brought up and do you think the reason is because she wasn't a leader she just more moped around and just said like little kid mentality like we're gonna do everything and save everyone and not really explain or have an action plan to achieve that this kind of goes back to their lack of character development but they don't develop Emma's character at all to the point that she just sounds like a 10-year-old kid that's 
trying to figure out the entire world's problems. She's super naive. And for some whatever reason, it's like Jesus walking on water where she goes through a spray of bullets, doesn't get hit by anything. Runs away from a demon, doesn't get hurt at all. Goes to the demon town, nothing happens to her. And, and even in the climax scene, as they were getting surrounded by Isabella and the rest of the, I guess, nuns or mothers, and, and they, they were holding guns as well, I was like, all right, the, the sky's going to come falling down. Something's going to happen. The entire building's going to collapse, but Emma's going to live. Whatever miraculous thing that could happen, I was like, all right, that's going to happen, and Emma's just going to be saved. And there's literally no reason for any of this. She just has like the power of Jesus where she can be saved by any single anything really. And it just didn't make any sense to me. And she's also really naive and dumb throughout most of the show. Yeah, I think I think Ray and Norman are the smart ones and then there's Emma. Yeah, I mean it's fine, right? It's like a shonen show. Usually your main character is kinda out there and has this like sense of heroic, I guess. They they basically want to be the savior of the world, right? Like we've seen it in like Naruto. Naruto wants to save Konoha or whatever it may be. The, to this point, they didn't develop her character well enough to for us to understand what her motives really are. And she's just like, all right, I'm going to save the world. And then two episodes later, she, she ends up having a conversation with God, having a conversation with Mujika. An entire world of demons is saved. They don't want to eat humans anymore. And she can go live happily ever after in new york <laughs> was that new york that they appeared in i'm pretty, <laughs> I didn't, I'm pretty sure it's i new didn't york. know but i was like very confused and then they had the flash of their lives in like what new york and i was like oh yeah they just you know chilling holding a cell phone all of a sudden like yeah cool <laughs> i'm sure that was easy to get used to i was so confused yeah it's just a lot of confusion and if they developed emma's character more i can see myself maybe maybe understanding her motives or understand what she's saying but nothing she said made any sense and it just felt like a 10 year old not understanding the real world to any regard and just kind of just talking out of her butt really it's a shame as a main character uh yeah i did not like her i was not a fan i just really wish ray had more screen time and uh isabella again I liked the development she had in the first season and then the second season it just really angered me. Who was the character that led the Lambda studies? I forgot his name. The evil guy? The gatekeeper? Yeah, the evil guy. Uh James Rattree? Or is that the Oh yeah, it's like Rattree. Rattree. I forgot his something? first name, but Yeah. Peter Rattree and James Rattree something. Oh like that. right, right, right. Even him? Like what what was his motives? Do you know? No, it was so confusing. Like they they touched on it, and I was like, I what? Just that this is his family tradition. I'm so confused. And then he goes and like kills himself. I was like, okay. Yeah, they gave two minutes to explain his backstory, and even if it's a family tradition, what is the reasoning for him creating these studies in order to feed the demons humans? I I don't know. I actually really wish that they went more in depth to Norman's story in the Lambda facility. Yeah, and and you know the other weird thing, right, is this poison, right? It's supposed to work on demons because it degenerates them. But the nobles, they specifically say that they are already immortal. And somehow Emma just saved the world in a PowerPoint. (laughs) 
and that was the end. I mean, there is no way that they just go walking across Demon World and, and free everyone. Do you think it would have been better if they just left out that PowerPoint? They should have ended it the moment they opened that door, like where it turned all white. That, that's, that should have been it. That's what I think, too. I think they should have just never got to that PowerPoint. And that would have given them maybe three or three to five minutes of extra screen time in order to explain other things in the show. There were so many things wrong. And for everyone listening, <laughs> the ending of this show was literally slides. It was it was slides, like picture comics of... I don't even know what they were doing. I can't even tell you what the pictures were supposed to be about because there was just no words. There was no plot. And then she just appears in the human world at the end of it all. I was like, there was no meaning to that, those four minutes. Apparently, one of the pictures in the slides is Emma having a conversation with God. And the manga readers know that because they, they read the manga. And that's the, the part of the story that where Emma basically has a conversation, has a, create, I guess creates a deal with them in order to basically end the separation of the demon and the human world or end the, end the struggles of humans being eaten by demons in their world. But they basically just create this one picture, play for eight seconds in the slideshow, and that's supposed to essentially explain that entire sequence. Mm, very, very clear. Very clear. Yeah, as an anime watcher, there's no way we would know that. It just felt really unnecessary that they put in that three to five minute slideshow in the end. And I think it, it irritated fans more than gave them a level of closure to the show. <laughs> yeah, normally I get irritated when I'm left on a cliffhanger, but that well, that was just terrible. Yeah, I, I can't really understand what the motive behind it is other than maybe they needed three more minutes of content because they ran out. And maybe those slideshows were supposed to be a part of the season three or a movie or whatever it might be they might have had it prepared in advance but they were just like all right let's just throw it in there because we have it anyways and we'll just wrap up the show what do you think they told isabella to get her to i don't know be the grandma again you mean at the end or like when she was in jail i guess and they came and talked to her and said oh we'll give you something and they whispered in her ear and then i don't even know to be honest with you. Yeah, I was just like, uh, okay. They never explained that. What could she have wanted? And then, yeah, maybe maybe they said, oh yeah, we'll give you your son or something. Which again, they never touched on again that Isabelle and Ray are related. But another shame of the second season that I was looking forward to after the first season. Yeah, it just felt like they had to use Isabella as a plot twist mechanism or just like an evil villain because there was no other evil villain. Yeah, they ran they they ran out of anyone they could use as, as like a plot development for someone evil. That was basically the easiest way for them to wrap up the six six episodes or the last five to six episodes of the show. And even at the end of episode ten, you know where um I I don't remember what the character's name is, but one of Norman's buddy buddies gives a call to the Lambda people. Oh yeah, Vincent, I think his name yeah. is his name. And I was like, oh, wait, this is actually a twisted show. This this might actually be interesting going to episode 11. And in the first five seconds of the show, it's like, oh, that was just part of Norman's plans. This sucks. I know. I was like, uh, well, that was not suspenseful. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, wait, there actually might be something interesting that happens in episode 11. So I went straight to episode 11, watched the first 10 seconds of it, found out that it wasn't anything interesting. I just paused it and I went to sleep. 
And somehow the entire town that they saved shows up at Grace Farm unexpected. Yeah, how did that? How did that happen? <laughs> like, how did they just they just teleport there? Did they all have demon horses? That I, I mean, even that part's not animated. It's just all screenshots. I was like, what? Just what? Oh my goodness! Is this the worst anime you've seen that you could potentially remember in the last like few years? As a whole, yes. You know, I've seen some pretty bad ones, but they're respectably bad. You know, they're bad because of other reasons. They're not bad because the plot just fell off a cliff and the anime just i mean we were kind of talking about last week where you might run out of money it wasn't a run out of money i mean maybe that was the issue but this show just it just took every wrong turn that you could have taken the problem is it's not a show that you expect to be bad that's the problem it's a show that relies on plot development relies on the characters and relies on the story and when you have none of that you're left with nothing Do you think this show got really bad reviews more so because the content is actually a 5.7 out of 10? Or do you think it was mostly because everyone felt let down or disappointed because of the hype behind the show? I think everyone was let down. Knowing how the first season played out versus this season, I mean, there was no way to not give this a high score. And not give this a low score with with the ending of it. I, I mean, I didn't get to see these uh, ratings progress throughout the season. I don't know if it started off at like an 8 or a 9. It started off at a 7.5. I can see how if I was reviewing this and adding my comments into Mal, <laughs> every week would be dropping. Like, yeah, it would yeah. start at a 7 or an 8. And then I would, that last episode, I'd give it a 1 and somehow it'd probably average out to like a 5. Yeah, I definitely think it's more so disappointment from the fans after all the hype from season one and the manga more so than the content being actually a five because i personally think that i've watched actually i don't know i don't know if i've watched that many worse shows but there's a few shows that i could name off the top of my head that are worse than this show in terms of content the animation's fine i actually thought the music was good i thought the opening and the ending were really good i i ended up listening it to it yeah pretty, yeah pretty I, I agree i don't think it was that bad the artist that's behind the opening song, I'm a pretty big fan of his, and I was a little disappointed that he was on the show because now he's going to get a bad rep. But <laughs> yeah, I didn't think, you know, the animation was bad. I didn't think the music was bad. I, It's just the content is just really bad. But I have definitely seen other shows that are worse than this, and their scores aren't lower than this. And I think fans just gave, punished it a lot harder because of, the hype that was building up and then just the level of the discrepancy from season one, really. Yeah, I would 100% agree that, you know, there's it was only going downhill. It's not like you watched this with the expectation you were going to see something poor. But I think actually, this is interesting, but I actually think it's so bad that more people would might have actually watched it to see how it played out. I mean, that's why we watched it, right? Yeah, I mean, I there's a lot of shows. I mean, I don't watch because you know I don't care too much for the first season. But this one, I mean, yeah, it's been a discussion. Like, dude, have you seen Promise in the second season? It's terrible. And you're like, really? How bad could it be? And then you watch it. I definitely didn't think it was gonna be this bad. Everyone was telling me it was gonna be bad, but I didn't think that it would be this bad. <laughs> Yeah, and for everyone listening, we were having some discussions after the first two episodes. We're like, this is not bad. I don't want to see what people are complaining about. And then 
and then yeah after we that so filler wrong. episode yeah that's oh my god that's when everything went down it's funny though because when i watched that filler episode i actually didn't think it was that bad of a recap i was like oh wait this actually is kind of helpful because i don't remember season one that much the the problem i had is i actually went and rewatched season one just to re-familiarize myself i didn't know there was a filler episode i could have just watched in the middle of the season to recap <laughs> it made sure that i remembered most of the stuff that i forgot so that that was a plus but then after after that i was like all right they totally feel, put that in there strategically to buy themselves time because it just seems like a completely different show after episode five even the artwork i think kind of started to dwindle i mean i'm sure they were just crunched on time and they just had to get anything out there really because they had the contract with the tv you know yeah they had they had to put out an episode yeah i guess uh i guess we've uh kind of wrapped up this 45 minutes of just hating on all the small things and i'm honestly i think we could keep going maybe for another hour if we really wanted to but you know just i guess maybe change of pace is there any closing comments you want to make for anyone who hasn't seen this show or someone who was thinking about watching it yeah just don't watch it it's not worth your time there's so much better anime out there <laughs> what about for the people who've seen the first season would you yeah tell don't them? watch it still go read the manga <laughs> okay uh well, you heard them, guys. Don't watch it. Save yourself. What is that? Four hours of your life. Yeah, you could you could Save read the manga the in those four yeah. hours. Save yourself the disappointment. And if you were thinking of starting Promise Neverland because the first season has high scores on Crunchyroll, again, consensus here is don't do it. Don't put yourself in the position to maybe have to watch the second season because you're curious. You think everyone should start giving? go back and give season one of low low score so people won't watch this <laughs> honestly i could see reviews on being like great first season don't watch second season's terrible just read the just read the manga right the first season is 30 chapters just, just read it yeah the manga is actually not that long actually it's i think 181 chapters, chapters. Yeah. yeah pretty short yeah that's easy to get through for sure yeah and in the same time it would take you to watch the 24 episodes of total promise neverland yeah so do yourselves a favor don't watch it don't watch it this one's burnt toast that about does it maybe next time we'll we'll have something a little a little better to talk about i think next time if we do something like re-zero it'll be interesting because there's a lot of people on the two spectrums of it that that it's a really good show that it should be considered the best anime of all time and there's other people on the other end of the stick who think re-zero is terrible and think it's one of the worst anime of all time so maybe maybe that's something we talk about soon that's gonna be an interesting one that's a hot topic that could go either way and i have to rewatch it basically since i dropped it mid-season one but that's something the fans can look forward to all right so re-zero maybe like sounds like that might be an upcoming podcast and we'll have to talk about it at some point yeah definitely and we'll do this coffee roaster the anime toaster section maybe once a month or so so we'll come in with more hot takes or let us know something you want us to review. We'll watch it. We'll let you know our takes. And Oh, no. Someone's going <laughs> to ask us to watch School Days or something and give a hot take on it. <laughs> pretty sure School Days is below a 5 on now. Yeah, I think so. Or actually, it might be around the same score as Promised Neverland Season 2. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, also, anything else you're looking forward to watching? The spring season is really interesting, but one thing... I want to touch on was that the Demon Slayer movie actually came out this past weekend and I had a chance to go watch it in theaters. I will not say any spoilers like we did with 
Promised Neverland, but... What are we spoiling? Wait, wait, wait. What, what were we spoiling? We were saving people. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> no spoilers there. Just a lot of saving of the anime fans. The Demon Slayer movie is really, really good. And I totally understand if people don't go watch it in theaters because of the pandemic. But when it comes out to Funimation or any of the streaming platforms, I 100% recommend people to watch it. It's one of my, I don't know if it's my, one of my favorite arcs, but it's really, really, it's a really good arc for it to be a movie and how it ends is, is just fantastic. And for the manga readers, I'm sure they know what I'm talking about, but for those people that don't read the manga and just watch the anime, your hearts will be touched and you will have some tears rolling down your face at the end of it. Oh man. I actually just rewatched the first season today just so I could get myself in the proper mindset to watch the movie. So I'm excited. I'm glad yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that you're telling me it's going to be worth my time. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. The only criticism I have for it is that it could have just been a season 2 rather than a movie. But honestly, if they're going to take my money and that gives them enough funding to create season 2, season 3, season 4, the next movie, whatever it may be, so be it, take my money. I'm a huge Demon Slayer fan, so I'm looking forward to how season two plays out at the end of the year. And also just the rest of the, the manga being animated will be fantastic since the manga is, in my opinion, really, really entertaining. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Well, thanks for leaving us on a happy note. I'm glad we didn't have to leave off on Promise Neverland. And I don't know if I want to discuss that show ever again, but yeah, let's talk about good with... anime next <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah. No, no more Th- bad. Thanks anime. for leaving us with that, that taste. That, I'm at least happy we have talked about something, something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Next week we'll just talk about good anime. I don't know if I can make myself sit through one whole week of bad anime again. <laughs> that, that would hurt me as well. All right. I guess I'll do it for today. All right. Thank you for right. tuning in to episode three and catch you next week. We boo. See you guys.